Another week is upon us and another case needs told. This is Grim Curiosity with Calliope and Jane. since we like to start off our podcast well i at least we've been doing this we've got our fact with calliope fwk yeah this one is for you jane because jane is an american that moved to canada and this is so perfect for us so you just fit right into canada Canada eats more macaroni and cheese than any other nation in the world. One, I doubt that because I think I myself eat more macaroni and cheese than Canada. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Scott did talk about a TikTok that he had seen from an indigenous person who was talking about craft dinner being top shelf. <laughs> Dude, craft is it, it bomb. is. Craft is good. And then you chop up some hot dogs in there. Because they are pretty big on craft dinner here. I would say that. It's kind of weird though, because you can't get a lot of macaroni, at least where I'm at, in restaurants. Oh, you can't? No. But it's it's probably because everybody just does craft dinner. That shocks me. I was surprised by that because I thought for sure the United States had that in the bag, but apparently not. Well, macaroni and cheese is just so good. So God. So today's episode is called Three's a Crowd. Now this is smart because I'm covering three different cases of threesomes gone wrong. That's what we're doing. How fast is this? Hello? 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 I can hear you. Yeah, that was me muting it. My mute's just a little touch. Touch thing on top of this. Yeah. Do you want me to do that? Sure. Maybe until he stops crying. Bye. <laughs> um, bye-bye. He's mad. Okay. Cool. No, we can't do that, honey. Okay. There was actually, if you type in threesome murders, there's actually quite a bit. I was surprised. But yeah, because three is a crowd. <laughs> yeah, three is a crowd. Three's too many. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this first case comes out of Indiana. It happened in October of 2021. So it was pretty recent. And a 36-year-old woman named Heidi Kathleen Carter joined a lesbian dating app where she met a woman and began a conversation with her. After talking to her for a bit, Heidi invited her and the woman's boyfriend, 50-year-old Timothy Scott Ivy, to meet her at her home on a Tuesday afternoon. Now, in all of the sources that I've looked at, I have not been able to find a single source that actually identifies who the woman is, and so she is unnamed. So the couple arrived at Heidi's house and they all began to drink alcohol and they did drugs before all three of them had sexual intercourse. (laughs) So this is a lesbian threesome? 
or is there a man involved in this? Tim- Timothy Scott Ivy is oh. the only man in this. Okay. So there's Heidi, Timothy, and then Timothy's girlfriend, the unnamed woman. I picture the, oh, you're not going to get this reference, but I picture the threesome being like in Friends when Ross was still married to his wife, who actually was a lesbian. And she uh, suggests them having a threesome since they haven't had sex in so long. And so he's like, yeah, we could start looking for somebody. She's like, oh, I already know somebody. And she, it's like her lesbian girlfriend. And then like the threesome was like, he's he's telling them, he's like, well, I just figured I'd have a bigger part. <laughs> he's like, I just kind of like got pushed out. And then he's talking about how he just went and made a sandwich. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's just like her her and her girlfriend oh my god and him just being like oh okay well I guess I'm intruding I'll just go (laughs) oh that's awkward this really made me want to have a snack ew I don't like that yuck anyways continue oh so during them having sex however Heidi's boyfriend 46 year old Carrie Hammond unexpectedly showed up to the house and he became enraged with jealousy he grabbed a baseball bat and started savagely beating the couple i will post pictures but if you looked up this guy he looks like he would definitely have some rage so they didn't even they didn't live together he just showed up to her house so i have seen a couple different sources saying slightly varying things about how after he was beating them with this bat, he duct taped them. I've also seen that he duct taped them to chairs, but it most consistently says he duct taped them to chairs. While Heidi held a gun on them, threatening to kill them, saying she knows someone who knows how to get rid of a body. Like she's like, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone. So you better do what I say or we're going to get rid of you and you'll never be. Why is she all of a sudden a bad guy too? Exactly. So was this all set up? I don't know. People need to stop staying in toxic relationships. I agree. agree. If you are in a relationship where you're like crying a lot, there's a lot of fighting and there's just a lot of things that make you not feel good. Get out of it. It's not good. I don't care how much you love someone because love is not enough. There's so much more in a relationship than love. And life is too short to be feeling miserable. If it's toxic, get out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which she did actually claim that she went along with it to appease Carrie as she thought he would harm or kill her if she didn't. But then Carrie went on to spend the next couple hours beating and abusing the couple. Um, This included Carrie repeatedly raping the woman throughout the day while she was restrained. That's really sad. It's super sad. And Heidi sat there and watched, like watched her boyfriend raping another woman that she was just having sex with. She was just having sex with this woman and her boyfriend. It's really weird. I don't understand how she wasn't part of it, like how this wasn't a setup. Maybe it actually was. Because how did she not feel guilty being the person that brought them into the house? And also, if I was in a position like that, where I was scared that they were going to, like, he was going to kill me or something, I would be trying to diffuse the situation the whole time to get the people out because I feel so guilty over them being there because of me. 
right like it would have been something where it's like oh yeah like I would have been like you can kill me but we gotta let them go see so when when I first read this that never even crossed my mind what you're saying that this could have been a setup that because I don't see how you don't and also if you're in a toxic relationship you know how that person is so there's no way that she thought that she could do something like that because you can't tell me that she didn't know he's somebody that would just periodically show up because if he's crazy enough to periodically show up, then he, like, she knew that was a possibility of him doing well, that. Well, so I guess- So why house, wouldn't she go to their house? So the house that she lives in, she lives with a guy who actually has kids. And because of their relationship, the owner of the house has told her that Carrie is not allowed at the house. If this wasn't a setup, which it's never said that it was, it's never even like speculated that it was, she could have thought she was safe to have people over and everything would be fine. And then because he's crazy, he did just show up to her house, which he's not I just have a hard time believing that that would have been the first time ever that he showed up at her house. Yeah. Psychopaths don't just rear their ugly head occasionally. It's like, no, they're pretty much like that all the time. Yeah. So, and the fact that she would show that he would show up just for the first time ever randomly show up at her house when she happens to be having a threesome seems really weird to me. And then how it all played out afterwards. Like, cause if he was jealous and so he beats the couple, but then he goes ahead and has sex with the girl too. It's like, that doesn't sound like jealousy. That sounds like a couple getting their rocks off on purposely doing this. So I'll actually continue. And then we'll touch on this again, <laughs> what you're saying, because okay. I feel like I'm, we're going to jump ahead too much, but there is a part in here that we can tie back to exactly what you're saying. This okay. is why it's good to have Jane here because with her being autistic, I think she can see things that most people cannot see. Like all this has not, has not crossed my mind at all. But now as you're saying it, and I know this case, I'm kind of like, holy crap, you literally just blew the case wide open <laughs> and you haven't even heard like any of it. Okay, so we're going to move on and then we'll go back to that. So Sergeant Anna Gray of the Evansville Police Department described the crime scene during a press conference as gruesome. So this, it was bad. At one point, Heidi actually left the house for a couple hours and Carrie took this time to beat the male victim where he apparently was kicking him with steel-toed boots before using a belt to strangle him to death after he saw the victim trying to escape his restraints. Like, he's being held captive. What was he supposed to do? Just sit there and, like, wait to see what happens to him? Like, this lunatic has you held captive and you're just supposed to chill? That's what I don't understand about things like that is... I think that crazy people really are under the impression that if I have you captive, that's the end of it. I better not see any lip from you. (laughs) You better be compliant where it's like, that's not how it works. You nut job. Yeah. So it's like, he was just kind of supposed to wait for his fate to be decided by this crazy guy. But Heidi returned to her home after she had been out. Like she's out new boot goofing while she has a couple that she invited to her house tied up which that's all sound and set up to me. Yes. Like her behavior sounds completely set up. Like she's not bothered at all by any of this. Yeah. So when she arrives home, she finds out that Carrie had killed the male victim and wrapped the man's body in blankets. And the two of them moved him to another room. So I'm assuming that Carrie killed Timothy 
in front of his girlfriend like so she's got to see this like so she's getting raped gets to see her boyfriend get killed it just blows my mind that's so sad and that just makes me so so mad yeah this part is just weird so I know that they did use drugs before they got into the threesome and so this could be because she's high she does this kind of stuff but Heidi then decided to invite a friend over to help her clean her house in preparation for an inspection from the landlord. Like, you know, your everyday activities of murdering people and then have a little landlord social hour. She invited a woman over knowing there is a dead body in the house, a woman tied up so that this girl could help her get her house ready for a landlord inspection. Well, landlords have to give you a 24-hour notice. So she had to have known about the inspection coming. She did. That's why the girl was coming over to help. So I don't know if they're just incredibly stupid or if this whole thing really was just so out of the blue. Not, um, I don't know. I'm still, it seems sus to me. Oh, yeah. But it's reported that when the woman arrived to the house, she did notice that Heidi had some blood on her boots and that she had a gun in her possession. Like this woman noticed all of this when she first arrived and was thinking that it was kind of weird, but you know, Heidi ordered pizza and she was there to eat and help her clean. No big deal. I wonder how close of friends they were, because if that was me showing up at like your house or our best friend's house and I noticed stuff like that I would ask yeah what the fuck's going on here why do you have a gun on the counter why do you have a gun on the counter and you like, got like blood on your what boots are you doing <laughs> yeah like but that's because that's how close we are is that that wouldn't be something that we would just be like mm, that's a little bit weird not gonna say anything then right. again we're also just super blunt anyway so maybe because I can picture me even doing that at my friend's house that I've known for less than a year. If I showed up at her house oh. and she had like weird stuff out, I totally ask. Yeah. But this girl, this girl didn't. She didn't say anything. But she had helped clean at least two rooms in the house when she heard a strange noise coming from one of the other rooms in the house. And so like we do, we walk towards the noise instead of getting our boots and running for the hills as fast as our little boots will carry us she did i walk towards it too oh 100 percent. i do that yes i do too you hear noise you just go towards it because you have to know what it is and so she did she obviously discovered probably the last thing she could have ever imagined She says she could hear as she was getting closer, a female begging for help and to please let her use the bathroom. Obviously from the shock of this, she went and sat down on a pile of pillows and blankets. What do you think this woman ended up sitting on? Oh my gosh. The boyfriend. So this was a traumatizing experience for her. Oh yes. So she ended up sitting on the male victim. I'm sure she was in absolute shock. I can't even imagine how she must have felt in that situation. You know, stuff like this. I know that this is like very gruesome thinking, but things like that always make me wonder because I thought that when you die, you like pee and poop. So do psychopaths or crazy people doing these weird things, do they clean that up? I don't know. Like how, how do you not smell like shit? Right. 
or like even you know like Ted Bundy how he would have sex with the victims afterwards and stuff it's like are they all messy down there I don't he would for sure have to be cleaning them up or something because it's like I don't get how people do stuff like this and it just not smell terrible like that's gotta smell so bad having like shit and piss all over right so she sees this she books it out of there she's like "Uh uh-uh Carrie tried to prevent her from leaving the house but she was able to get out thank goodness and she ran straight to an Indiana State Police Trooper and she spilled the beans for her yeah she spilled the beans on everything that she just discovered that there's a woman tied up there's a dead body she tells him so Law enforcement officers from multiple agencies get to that house and they surround it. They obviously ordered everyone inside of the house to come out. See, where's her boyfriend at this point? He's still in the house. This guy is still. And that girl didn't know he was, she was there or that girl didn't know he was there. No, he was just there. But why wouldn't he try to prevent her from leaving then? He is the one who tried to prevent her from leaving. Oh, I thought you should. I thought you said she tried to prevent her from leaving. Carrie obviously oh. tried to prevent her from leaving. The boyfriend, Carrie, tried to prevent. Oh, okay. Carrie girl. to me, I think of like Sex in the City. Carrie, uh, no, <laughs> like a Carrie, girl. Okay, Carrie's a boy. Okay, Carrie's the boyfriend. So okay. Carrie tried to prevent her from leaving. She was able to escape the house, and she went right to the police, and they surround the house. The police officers ordered everyone inside the house to come out and a man comes out and law enforcement officers could tell this wasn't the suspect as they were told the suspect is acting crazy. It was later said that this man that came out first was the homeowner, Jason Harvey, and there were several other people in the home and juveniles, which I think from different sources, Jason was at work. The kids, I'm not really sure what they were doing. I think they were upstairs. So with all of this going on, I do not understand how nobody could hear these people screaming. Like it just devastates me. It's never, it's never said. Also, if she's cleaning for an inspection with the landlord, why would her boyfriend that knows he's not supposed to be in the house be there? Which I've seen one picture and I don't know, I don't know the layout of this house. So I don't know if it was two floors or three floors. Like if it had like the middle floor, the basement, and then the upstairs. I'm not really sure. This guy had her living there to kind of help her. So I don't know. The crimes took place while Jason was at work. He was not home when all of this happened, but he did come home and then his house ends up getting surrounded with cops. So Carrie was in the house, even though he wasn't supposed to be. So the house gets swarmed with cops. The police vehicles were kind of lined up and police officers were using the cars as barricades and shields. Officers also stood behind trees. Like I can get such a perfect visual of what this had to have looked like with officers like hiding hiding behind trees, like telling him they're waiting for this crazy person to come out. Carrie It's just some dude with his kids. Uh, yeah. Do, do you need something, officer? <laughs> <laughs> like, got your kids behind you, like, you stay back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've they cut their guns strong. They have no idea what's going on. But Is my music too loud? <laughs> You have your hands up. (laughs) 
But Carrie decided to exit in a big way, like super aggressively. And he was holding something in his hand that looked like it could have been a gun. And there's pictures of this, like he's holding it like a gun. So officers shot him and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Later, they did identify the object as a metal and plastic object made to look like a gun, which made the police think that it was his way of suicide by cop. Like, can you picture this guy inside doing some arts and crafts, making himself a little plastic gun? (laughs) Like the cops are coming. I don't want to go to jail. So I'm going to sit in here and have my little arts and crafts. I picture as oh gosh, like, I'm so glad I have all these pop cans right here. <laughs> yeah. Like I picture pop cans and duct tape. How lucky am I? Yeah. <laughs> I picture like what he left behind was like little scraps of paper and then like a little Elmer's glue <laughs> behind. Like he's in there doing what this... a fucking loser. Yeah. I mean, little... I'm not even sad that he's dead. <laughs> I right. No, 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 no. I want to be either. But I don't know, this guy. So it wasn't even a real gun. He literally made himself a pretend gun so that the cops would kill him. Okay, quick game. If you were where you're at right now and you had to make yourself a pretend gun, what would it be made out of? Bro, uh, my switch controller, my two switch controllers, and I've got some tape. I'd probably tape them together. I mean, I've got some yarn. I could crochet up a gun real quick. (laughs) Right? Pretty much, that's... Maybe my mic. <laughs> yeah. What a weirdo. What a dumbass. Like, how did he have time? So he's just inside making himself a little gun to go out. Uh, you know, and this poor woman is still inside tied up. That's the part that that just shocks me. So police then searched the home and officers found the female victim who was still tied up and shackled with visible injuries. She was taken to the hospital to be treated for her injuries and the officers found the male victim, but he was obviously already dead. So they couldn't even help him. But 14 News was able to talk to the homeowner and this is his statement. At this time, my family and I are in shock from everything. My statement would be, I invited Heidi into our home because she was living in a motel and needed a place to stay. Well, she and my kids have a good bond. She never showed any signs of being like what had transpired. Heidi was staying there until she could get on her feet. Her boyfriend, Carrie, started coming over and things got bad with them fighting a lot. I asked her to not have anyone over because of my kids, but obviously didn't listen. I was only trying to help an individual out. During the hours of 8.30 a.m. on the 19th and 7.45 p.m., I was at work or buying groceries. When I was at home, I met Cynthia briefly as she was helping Heidi clean the downstairs part of the house. I had laid down from being tired and also from being in pain of passing a kidney stone. When I came out of the bathroom, I noticed lights in my windows and I went downstairs to find out what was going on only to be backed out to the police. I was notified of having a deceased person in my house when I was being questioned at the police station. In short, my children and I were unaware of what was going on inside the house downstairs during the day and night of the 19th. The kids are doing well and are out of town with family while I try to get things in order like my car was shot and doesn't run due to a bullet hitting the fuse block. I would rather not appear on television at this time. And then in a Monday evening news release, EPD spokeswoman, Sergeant Anna Gray said, investigators now believe there may be other victims of crimes committed by Heidi Carter and Carrie Hammond. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, because this all sounded set up to me. See, and I didn't think that at all until you said that. And now I'm like, dang, 
how did you know that? Because yeah, it does. It does kind of sound set up. What do you mean? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) She went shopping and shit. That's not something that somebody that's scared they're going to die would do. Like if he was really actually going to hurt her or anything, he wouldn't have ever let her leave that house. He's not going to let her go for a quick mall trip where she could go to the cops and be like, dude, I was having a threesome and my crazy boyfriend showed up and now my threesome mates are in a house beaten because that's what I would have done. Like if I was actually scared and they would let me leave, like I would go straight to the police. Be like, I'm not going back there. You guys need to put me in hiding. Yeah. And she obviously didn't care about the victims at all. So it's not like she would have been scared that something was going to happen if she told the cops. So Heidi was charged with one count of murder, two counts of intimidation with a weapon, rape, two counts of felony criminal confinement, assisting a criminal, carrying a handgun without a license, and abuse of a corpse. I'm not sure where that charge came from, so obviously there was a lot more behind the scenes than what has been reported, which it's probably a good thing that they kind of kept it out. I wonder what all falls under abuse of a corpse. Cause I wonder if that's just like killing somebody and hiding them and stuff. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I would like to know more in depth of what things mean. Yeah. We'll have to... Is there like a terminology something Crim- like, like that's probably criminal terminology, huh? Yeah, probably. So Heidi also has a past criminal history. It was reported on the Courier Press website that she was sentenced to a year in Marion County Jail in October of 2018 for domestic battery charges. She was also involved in an incident at a house where she repeatedly punched one of the residents in the face for forgetting to close the front door and her dog ran away. She later re-entered the home and attempted to break down the door to the bedroom the victim was in. That's the girl or that's the guy? This is the girl. This is dude. She's a fucking nut. Yes. Yes. So in conclusion, Heidi invited a couple over to her house. The boyfriend ended up dead. The girlfriend, it was never really said what ended up happening. She was taken to the hospital. She survived and Carrie was killed by the cops. So she's in jail. Good. I think that's probably the best place for her. Which the fact that they said that they do believe there are more victims, they obviously know a little bit more than what. Yeah, because I totally think they've been doing stuff like this. Like that sounded completely set up to me. And it didn't to me until you said that. And now I'm kind of like, that was so a setup. So for my second case, this one is a little bit longer than the first one. We've got more details. This case is out of Oklahoma. It's about a pastor named David Evans. He's 50 and his wife, Christy Evans, she's 48, who had been married for over 30 years. They have three kids together and those on the outside looking in could see a nice family. But the reality of what was happening on the inside was far different than you would expect in a pastor's behavior. David was a pastor of Harmony Free Will Baptist Church in Ada. Why does my voice keep cracking like that? I'm not even hearing it. That's good because I feel like I'm like a prepubescent teenage boy going through puberty. (laughs) Okay. During the timeline of when the story takes place, David was on a mission trip to Mexico. He even made a post on Facebook saying, and I quote, 
doing our best to be the hands and feet of Jesus and showing God's love to others, <laughs> helping, <laughs> helping migrant people as they are dropped off right across the border by border patrol. So often when we are not sure what to do, we just need to do something. Mm. And I say it like that because this guy is a clown. Dude. Anyways, <laughs> so all seemed good with him and his family. However, that was not the case. David was a real piece of work. You see, David liked to place ads on Craigslist to find sexual partners to bring into his marriage. He would get really verbally aggressive with Christy, his wife, about needing to invite her coworkers over for threesomes and would threaten suicide if she didn't go along with what he wanted. He constantly pressured her to bring other people into their relationship to make things more fun for him in the bedroom. Doesn't that sound like a good time? Yeah. Sounds nice and godly. <laughs> right. Science sounds holy. Yeah. So he isolated her from her friends and family. He even referred to her, this is a pastor, like we've discussed. He even referred to her as a frigid bitch for her inability to match his eager appetites for sex groups. Mm -hmm. It is also said that David practiced coercive control on her, which is a form of domestic abuse with behavioral patterns used to intimidate, humiliate, and control another person, ultimately robbing victims of autonomy. He would financially restrict her, which I'm going to touch on even more a little later. So remember this, he did financially restrict her. He also allegedly would physically abuse her, but in a manner that would never leave a mark on her. So this guy uh, like a total treat. Yeah, like the, the worst kind of crazy. The yeah. one where it just only makes the victim look crazy. Yeah, exactly. And according to the source AMP, on March 22nd, 2021, an intruder entered the Evans home while David and Christy were sleeping and shot the pastor. Christy told the police she was woken up to a loud pop noise and the smell of smoke just after 1 a.m. and found her husband with a bullet hole in his head and he was bleeding from his nose and mouth. As her husband was gasping his last breaths, she ran outside to see if she could spot the intruder and then she hurried and called the cops. It was four days later after the murder that Christy confessed to her daughter, Brittany, that she had actually begged her lover, Khalil Square, to kill David. Now, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly. I believe I am. Now, who is Khalil? He is a 26-year-old that they met up with for one of their sexual escapades. They met him at a Super 8 motel months earlier, and on one of the meetups, Christy secretly dropped her phone number on the floor for Khalil, and she continued to communicate by phone daily with him without David knowing. While David went out on his mission trip that we talked about earlier, Christy had Khalil come stay at her home for three days for some romantic time. It was during... I bet that romantic time was a lot different than when he was there the last time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was during these couple days before David returned home that Christy concocted the plan to have Khalil kill David. On the Daily Mail website, it says, according to charging documents, she provided him with a gun, a box of bullets, and left the back door of her home open so that he would be able to easily enter the home. On the night of the murder, it said that Khalil crept inside their home and was crouching in their dining room. Like, could you imagine like a guy just chilling in your dining room, hiding? 
I don't know. I can picture that so perfectly. But he, so he's crouching in the dining room and she's like urging him, like, you get this done. You go along with the plan. We've already planned this out. Get it over with. And he obviously did. After she confessed to her daughter, she did go to the police and she turned herself in. So she wasn't trying to hide it or anything. Christy pleaded guilty and says that she does understand that there has to be accountability for her actions and she's prepared to serve whatever sentence is handed down to her. Khalil, on the other hand, denies the charges filed against him. His lawyer said that there are no plans to amend the plea until Christy is sentenced. But surveillance cameras placed Khalil's white Ford Mustang at the house on the night of the killings, as well as several other nights before that. So I'm not sure how he's trying to deny this when there's surveillance footage that caught you. If you're someone who's just going to confess to doing it anyways, why didn't she just do it and leave somebody else out of it? Who knows? But while in jail, she told the news outlet that her husband would systematically abuse her psychologically as well as verbally for years. And he was the one who pressured and forced her to participate in these threesomes. And I am going to now kind of talk about She describes a lot of stuff that happened to her and me having been somebody who was in an abusive relationship also, I can see every bit of everything that she did. It makes so much sense to me. And so I'm not saying that her murdering somebody was okay at all, but I know behind everything that was going on, I can see how it led to where it ended up. I can definitely see how things like that lead to somebody dying always because like psychological abuse, I would think that it is worse than physical abuse. Cause you know, like going through physical pain, it's one thing. And then after it happens, it's not still there, but psychological abuse like messes with who you are as a person. It puts your whole life into like fight or flight mode. It does all kinds of stuff in every aspect of your life when somebody's messing with your mind. Oh yeah. So I'll read through some of the stuff that he's done. She spoke of a time that he held a pillow over her face while pinning her arms down. Like just the thought of that is so scary knowing that this huge guy, I'll post pictures, this huge guy is on top of you and he is supposed to be doing God's work really. And you're doing stuff like that. What do you have similar experiences to that? Not a pillow specifically, but like, I know that you've definitely been strangled and pinned down, which is kind of weird since you're claustrophobic. That's probably why you were able to kick him off of you. Yeah. So when we we say big guy, yours was a big guy too. Like literally almost twice as big, over twice as big as you. Yeah. But he held a pillow over her face and held her arms down and she never reported it because there was no physical evidence that he had done this. Plus I feel like with him being a pastor and you know, they're typically holy, honest people. Who's going to believe her. That's what sucks too, is it's like, yeah, I get that. I feel like pastors more often than not are scandalous. Well, because their reputation, yeah, their reputation is that they're just really good people. Um, Another time she says David threatened to commit suicide if she didn't go along with his sexual demands. He also held a 357 revolver to his chin as Christy was on the phone with their daughter while she had to sit there and lie and say everything was fine, even though he was sitting there doing that. So he's pretending he's going to kill himself, has a gun to his chin as she's on the phone with the daughter trying to act like all, all is good here. No, nothing, nothing to see here. 
The abuse got so bad that in April of 2010, the three children reported their dad's behavior to the police and they were all removed from the home and placed with their maternal grandmother. It was not good. That's so sad. That it's sounds so sad. So Brittany, the daughter, and one of the brothers, Zachary, also described their father as being physically abusive and that he would slam the kids' heads together, lift them off the floor by their hair, and make them clean the house at night while yelling and insulting them. Dude, I hate child abuse. Hate it. I know. So since we both have- stand people hurting children. Yeah. So we both have little kids and we recently even discussed, like, can we, are we going to be able to cover any cases that have to do with kids? Because having kids, it just hits like right at home. And even hearing that, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? They did not deserve that. That makes me so mad. I even think every time I hear people try to defend spanking children, it doesn't make sense to me because If my husband hit me, I could put him in jail over it. So it's like, how can you hit a child? Like, why would a child's life be less than an adult's? Like, I don't get it. Right. And wasn't it you who had said at a certain age, kids don't even process like when they're being naughty or getting in trouble. So when you hit them, it's literally just you hitting them and they're not. Yeah, that is how it works. Their brains aren't developed enough to really understand consequences to something or even being able to resist something that is tempting. They're not able to do that. When they see something, they're going to do it. And kids are also, since they're like little scientists, because their brains are trying to sponge up so much information that a lot of the stuff they do is seeing how it works. So, you know, when a kid's dumping out a box of cereal, that's them wanting to see in their minds, that's kind of an experiment Mm because they don't know what it's going to do. Like they learn that through doing it, through experiencing it. So when kids are doing things that are to us, we're like, dude, why the fuck would you do that? It's like they had no malicious intent. They were experimenting. They're learning. Yeah. So obviously when it comes to kids and stuff, we have a really hard time with abuse and stuff just because our kids are in the young age of all this kind of stuff happening. And it's just really sad, but Brittany is now married with a young child of her own. She says she doesn't know why her mom took matters into her own hands, but she speculates her mom must have felt completely hopeless, which I... I would say that's how that would feel. Yeah, I get it. Now, David's mom, Jean Richardson, defended her son, obviously. Yeah, because, you know, craziness starts from someone. Yeah, and she says David was not as controlling as Christy and her family made him out to be. Her evidence for this statement, this is the dumbest thing. Her evidence for this statement is the fact that Christy had a job outside of the home, drove a car, and she had a credit card. Oh, she had a credit card. Oh, oh Oh my gosh. What a big girl having her very own credit card. That is (laughs) freedom. (laughs) Tells me, yeah, that tells me for sure there was no abuse in the relationship. Yeah. So this is also what I was talking about earlier when I had mentioned him being controlling with the money. Like she had her own job and he was still controlling the money. It obviously wasn't that bad because she had a credit card. She had a credit card that she was able to uh, swipe a swipe a swipe. Yeah. (laughs) Financial freedom. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody knows that's what credit cards get you. <laughs> yeah. So she also says that if the abuse was as bad as Christy claimed, she could have just left or she could have sought help instead of passing a death sentence to her son. With this, I do want to say, and I'm not defending Christy's actions, but if he is abusive and he's holding a gun to his chin, does this mom actually think that, well, all she had to do was leave and it would have been fine. You think that somebody who is abusing somebody for over 30 years could leave and then what the abuse just stops? No, I feel like that would have, it would have just escalated. It would have, but you know firsthand how this works because of your ex and his family was exactly like this. Everything was your fault and he was perfect and him giving you black eyes and broken collarbones and bruised ribs and everything was because of you doing something. Yes. So yeah. it doesn't so it's end like, I mean, there. It, it does goes not end. right up the family tree. Craziness goes right up the family tree. My baby just set off the car alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the church that he was a pastor at did give a statement and they said, The circumstances that are now coming to light have taken us by surprise and we are greatly saddened. We are aware that even pastors can succumb to human frailty and we ask that our privacy be respected at this time as we as a church family grieve and process all of these events. Now, as for being charged, as far as I can tell, they were both charged with first degree murder, but I can't find an actual update on their sentences like what they actually were. I even looked on the Oklahoma State Courts Network website and couldn't find anything. So why why are all the states not as open about everything as Idaho is? I know Idaho's like Idaho just lets you every know all your dirty laundry. If you have anything with the legal system, Idaho will let anybody have access to that. Yeah, very easily. Yes. So for my third case this one's pretty cut and dry it's short straight to the point so um maybe the case title should or the episode title should be three's a crowd when one of them's a psychopath yeah that would be good actually so this case there's there's not at all a whodunit this is a story out of australia an Australian couple, Jason Considine. I don't know if I said that right. Sorry if I mispronounced it. He's 36 and Natasha Hogan is 27. It was reported that Jason was one of 15 children and he suffered from a slew of mental illnesses, including borderline personality disorder, an acquired brain injury, low intellect, depression, anxiety, and a drug addiction. He had a hard time finding work and had periods of homelessness. In 2015, Jason was in prison, and that is when Natasha, his girlfriend, met Ashley Phillips, 45, and they struck up a relationship via Facebook. Now, just to be clear, here in America, Ashley is typically a woman's name, but in this case, Ashley is a male. Like when I said Ashley. Few Ashleys, right? Male ones. Wasn't somebody from one of those bands called Ashley named Ashley called Ashley. I mean, I guess they, he is called that, but (laughs) from O-Town. Yeah. But even when I said Ashley, were you picturing a girl? I would. Yeah, typically, but I can see if like, I knew that it was a unisex name. Yeah, it, it is. I was so confused by this, but Ashley Phillips is a male. 
It is said that Jason and Natasha had previously agreed to bring another man to partake in a threesome because Jason was trying to prevent Natasha from cheating on him again, even though he was initially on the fence about doing this. If you're insecure already, I think bringing another person into the relationship is not going to help anything. It's going to make things worse. Agreed. Yes. A prosecutor in Melbourne, Victoria, told the Supreme Court Natasha had asked Jason if it would be okay to invite Ashley for a threesome, and he agreed because he wanted to ensure that she wouldn't go behind his back. This this is just the makings of something very, very bad. Mm-hmm. So on May 24, 2017, the three of them exchanged over 100 explicit text messages And then they all three used meth together at the couple's home and then had sex. The following morning, Natasha and Ashley were in the lounge and Jason was still in the bedroom, probably completely stewing over watching his girlfriend get porked by another man. Um, Yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel as as what you think it would. Yeah. Sometimes things are better in fantasy than... (laughs) in real life yeah that probably should have stayed a fantasy so he was back in the bedroom got himself all worked up and flew into a jealous rage over this he went out and hit ashley in the head with a pole leaving a cut on the on ashley's head and then he strangled him it was actually said that while jason was strangling ashley he would tighten his grip and then release it and then retighten it which to me seems like either he was battling back and forth anger do I want to do this or he was trying to draw out the suffering which he was probably just trying to draw it out but and I also wonder if your hand would get tired oh yeah from just like sitting there holding a tight grip on somebody yeah I don't know I, I don't know I've either not... I've never I've never ever I've never strangled done anybody. that yeah me either what's well, I can hear knocking. Oh, that keep happen. It is also reported that during the murder, Jason was high on heroin, ice, and cannabis. Now, I did have to look up what ice is. Do you know what ice what is? What is ice? No. Ice is meth. Jason then went and stole a neighbor's recycling bin, and he and Natasha put the guy's body inside of it. And then Jason took it for a little stroll and wheeled the recycling bin a couple streets away. He was literally just walking I hope that that got found because if some random garbage can showed up in front of my place, I'd be like, what the hell is this? I'd be looking inside. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I say that this is pretty cut and dry. So he took it away. Natasha stayed home and worked on cleaning up the blood from the floor. And it was a few days later that a garbage man discovered the body when picking up the recycling. He thought he saw a body fall while watching the CCTV from inside the cab of the truck. He obviously called the police and they were able to trace the recycling bin back to Jason and Natasha's flat, their apartment. When they arrived to their apartment, there was still blood on the floor. So Natasha did a really bad job cleaning up the blood because- Gosh, that'd be me because I'm so lazy. (laughs) Like that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's coming over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not Nat- you. Yours would be you would be at Home Depot buying new upgrading stuff. 
all yes. of a sudden their kitchen's not laminate flooring it's granite <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but Natasha originally lied to the police about what happened saying Ashley left the apartment by himself but she eventually did confess saying her boyfriend hit Ashley and then started to strangle him and she pled guilty to assisting and putting his body in the recycling bin and then trying to clean up the blood. Apparently the relationship between Jason and Natasha was a long-term relationship that included domestic violence and a lot of drug use. Natasha even had two children, one of them being Jason's child. In the source material, I could never find the ages of the children, but Natasha is apparently focusing on staying drug-free and one day living closer to her girls who are in the care of relatives, which I hope that she does continue on a healthy path in her yeah, life, me too. especially for her daughters. Yeah. Um, so again, cut and dry. They murdered him and then they got caught immediately. Jason was sentenced to 21 years for the murder of Ashley. As far as Natasha's charges, it seems like she was taken to jail. And by the time she went to court for her part in the murder, she was deemed to have served enough time for her role in helping stash the body and clean up the crime scene. So she was released after serving one year and 10 months but was apparently then taken right back into custody for another charge. I don't know what the charge was. I tried to look it up. I, I don't know what she did. It, unrelated. Separate. Yeah. Now, outside of court, Ashley's relative, Maureen Dixon, thanked the prosecutors for getting justice and also said, and I quote, Ashley wasn't perfect, but he was ours and we miss him. He was a great bloke. He was too trusting. If he had 10 bucks left, he would give you that and go without himself. He just trusted people too much, which is just heartbreaking that he thought he was going for an innocent little shebang. And yeah, I definitely think that certain relationships, obviously, like there are such things as open relationships that work just fine. And that's fine. But if you're going to be entering into a threesome of somebody who has not done one before, there should be different things in place for safety, because I do think that threesomes are something that in a more typical type of relationship sound good in your head, but that's because you're thinking of it, not attached to all the emotions that are also into a relationship. And then when you do it, it's not as great as you thought it was going to be. Right. I feel like it, it goes back how they say in a man and woman friendship, there's never both parties that are just friends. There's always one person that has more feelings for the other person. And I feel like with a threesome, I've never had one, so I don't know, but what I assume would be that at least even in these situations, there was always one person kind of going along with it because they're almost forced to, mm-hmm. well, one person's enjoying it. And it's the person that's kind of forced to go along with it that ends up doing something crazy. So yeah, three sums, it just kind of seems like there's always going to be one person that's really into it. One person that is trying to make the other person happy and one person that's like the the person that's coming into the relationship yeah are you tapping no i think the neighbor kid is hitting stuff oh they're chopping wood (laughs) okay oh you know what we're gonna pause for just a second 
and give Jane a shout out for all the cover art that she's done. She came up with the profile picture. So you know what? Maybe if we're still doing this in three years, you guys will be like, what? So as of right now, she came up with the profile picture. She drew them and the cover picture. And And it was my first time ever drawing on an iPad. So I just recently got an iPad and an iPad or an Apple pencil so that I could try to draw. Oh, it's and so I thought baller. that they turned out pretty cute. Oh my gosh. Me not knowing how to really do it. It's so good. And it's funny seeing the first one she sent because I kind of told her what to do for the first one for the profile picture. And she took creative liberties to what it is now. It's so perfect. And then the cover photo on Facebook. I put it on Twitter too. Oh, good. I... <laughs> funny story originally it had like a little white picket fence at the end of the road so I was like oh here put like one of those like blocking off the road barriers and then when she went to go redraw it I sent her a whole bunch of pictures and she's like you just really don't want me to forget to put that (laughs) was so funny (laughs) well it's because like you're you're telling me to change it and stuff I'm like oh okay yeah like if I get around to it or whatever and then you just kept bringing it up and then don't want you to forget (laughs) yeah and then when the one the first one I drew didn't fit as a cover and I'm like oh I'm just gonna have to redraw it again then here comes spam of those pictures (laughs) don't don't forget that when you redraw it this time (laughs) with the right size right you're gonna put that barrier this is exactly what I'm envisioning at the end of that road (laughs) (laughs) with some with some caution tape perfect it came out it literally came out so good like I got chills when I seen it and then when I uploaded it and then like went to my phone and looked I was like shut the front door this looks so good yes girl yes so anyways you can find us on Facebook look at our link tree you could find us on the other places we've got a Twitter Grim Curiosity podcast Instagram Grim Curiosity what else the, the Twitter is also just at, at Grim Curiosity the name oh. is Grim Curiosity podcast okay but yeah, the, the at is just Grim Curiosity yeah same for Facebook the at is Grim Curiosity but the page is called Grim Curiosity podcast and then Instagram will have all these pictures posted for this episode and we will be back next week for Jane's episode yes goodbye see you next time bye Bye. hang up bye goodbye (laughs) goodbye and scene (laughs) 